0: You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, check out chrisblair.com. Hey everybody, here's another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. I'm your host, Chris Blair, and this week, I'm sitting down with my buddy, Neil Medley. Uh, Now, Neil was one of the first friends I ever had when I moved to Nashville. Um, One of the first guys I met, and uh, he's just a great dude. Um, He is from the south end of Louisville, Kentucky area and moved to Nashville about 20 years ago or so. Um, He's written songs for Luke Bryan, Jake Owen, Josh Abbott Band featuring Carly Pierce, Tyler Farr, Jason Aldean, Kid Rock, Cody Johnson, and so many more. We're gonna talk about stories behind some of those songs, how he left a marketing job to pursue songwriting and what led him to his first publishing deal. We're also going to talk about a brand new project he has coming out that I am so excited about. Uh, This comes out September 29th, and it is a full album of 12 songs that he's written with him as the artist. Um, This record, South End Kid, uh, he texted this to me for a sneak peek uh, listen, and it it is so great. It's real, raw, honest, folky, Americana, all in one. Um, It takes me back to when I first moved to town and I would sit on the back porch with Neil uh, sipping a bourbon uh, listening to him play all of these kind of songs Um, and this just sounds like what he grew up on and it's it's just so great I can't I can't say that more. Neil calls it adult country and I just say it's good music. I love this guy this is Neil Medley let's get to it. hey everybody this is another episode of stories behind the songs and i am here today with my buddy neil medley how you doing man doing great how are you good good to have you thanks for having me you know we um this is this is going to be a lot of fun because we can go back there's you've had so much success but you were one of the first guys i ever met when i moved to town and
1: vice versa so yeah 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 yeah. yeah. so uh yeah we hung around in a little crew and uh you were you were doing i think banking at the time I was, with, yeah with my wife, yeah, yeah, so it's uh it's a small world i, I would, would
0: I would go uh put my suit and tie on, go to the bank, get off at uh five o'clock, and fly to the alley of Tootsies, change into stage clothes, and play tootsies from six to ten that's
1: right, yeah, and I was doing marketing at the time, and then I was picking up rights whenever I could somehow get them. yeah so yeah and it's it's crazy how our past kind of just keep doing like this yeah yeah but yeah. it's great
0: to be here yeah glad to have you well let's uh let's just go back to uh, go back to the beginning I mean, okay. obviously like we've known each other for over 20 years yeah uh, but um, yeah just let's let, fill everybody in you're from Kentucky yeah I'm from um, Louisville
1: Kentucky uh, Valley Station Kentucky which is a little suburb on the side on, in the southwest corner of, of Kentucky uh, went to the University of Kentucky when I graduated I was either I graduated with a journalism degree and I was going to go work in Bargetown at some small paper I was also working with my dad who did construction and um, one day I just decided I was gonna gonna make the leap I'd always been a big fan of like Guy Clark and Steve Earle and Rodney Crowell and all those great songwriters so I was like i'm gonna go see what the songwriting thing is so yeah i blew right past bardstown just kept going south and my brother brought me down in a u-haul and just got set up here and it it took a little while but uh yeah i went through uh it was the best decision i ever made honestly yeah and obviously so
0: so when you when you came to town were you uh Did you have songwriting on your mind, or was it more artist? Or
1: No, it was purely songwriting. I I think I met, like, one of my visits to Nashville. I saw uh, Phil Vassar play at his little bar in Antioch. And he had just had a bunch of number ones for, like, uh, I think it was Colin Ray. Or, uh, yeah, it was them and uh, uh, Little Red Rodeo and all that. And he was playing them on stage, and he goes, yeah, this song's number one this week. I was like, but that's not, you know, that's where I put the songwriting thing. So it was like, that's the first time I ever realized that there was a job, like a professional songwriter where you didn't actually have to sing the songs yourself. Yeah. So I was like, that sounds
0: good. So I just pulled in town and here I am. Well, you've got a great voice. Uh, We're going to get to that a little bit later, but um, some cool things happening there. So going back to songwriting. So. So you uh, you you pile up the U-Haul, you make it to town. Um, so how did you get into your camp of writing and and ultimately lead to your first publishing deal? Sure, that's a that's a much longer story actually than getting
1: here. Um, to get here and to live here, I had to get a job, and that job kind of turned into somewhat of a my plan B started turning into a plan A, and then I was I was working all the time not really songwriting I was hanging I'd go out and hang out to Bluebird or wherever I could but then the the job the the paycheck kept pulling me that way and I met my wife Robin which you know and uh, we started dating and then I got a marketing job and I was even further away from it and then right it's been I think about 13 years ago my mom got sick and that was a good reevaluation time for me. I was like, I didn't move here to be a marketing person. Yeah. So, and Robin was doing well and we were doing well. Uh, she said, just take a year off, go chase it. And uh, did my business plan. It's like, here's what I'm going to do. And then I started, uh, had a friend, Malia, that kind of got me, introduced me to Matthew Miller, who was at carnival at the time and uh, introducing me to different people at different publishing companies. And then that's, I met Brent Cobb, and we started writing, and, and the first song we ever wrote uh, was my first cut. So uh, it was at my kitchen table, and um, yeah, it was it was crazy. It took about, once I left marketing, it probably took about a year and a half, and I had to re-up my, my contract with my wife, say,
2: <laughs> hey, I'm gonna do
1: this another year. She was like, okay. And uh, she thought it was going to go a lot faster, but uh, yeah. you know that's how Nashville works. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we got the without a deal at all. I got the Luke Bryan cut, and I I met with all these publishers who didn't want anything to do with me like a week before. And when they found out I got the Luke Bryan cut, they were like,
2: "We always knew you had it." <laughs> we didn't.
1: so the sounds phone, about right. Yeah, yeah, the phone the yeah. phone started blowing up, yeah. and uh, and uh, I. I met uh, a guy named Walter Campbell and he partnered with Sony uh, ATV at the time um, as my first publishing deal. So it was a a lot of lessons in that deal and uh, a lot of fun. And I I always appreciate Walter for giving me a shot because he was the,
0: he was the first one in line. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. So after that Luke cut, well, first of all, like that's gotta be a pretty amazing, like you're, you're getting your first cut with, you know, that's a, that's, that's huge. Yeah.
1: It was, I mean, usually you start with like a baby act or someone you don't know. And Luke was about to explode. That was the tailgates and tan lines record. And he cut it. And I was, I remember we had just had our second child Georgia and I was walking her with one of those umbrella strollers down our street because I was still, still basically unemployed and Robin's working during the day and I was writing at night, so it was, it was my shift with the baby. And Brent Cobb called me and goes, hey bud, uh, Luke just cut our song. And he sent me a text with Luke and our lyrics. And I just took off running. And that stroller was just going <laughs> And I was like, oh my god, I called Robin. I was like, Luke Bryan, cut our song. She And like I said, she didn't know Luke was about to blow up. She was like, OK, that's great, that's yeah. great. And then it was it was a huge album, and I mean, just to have a two way, have the publishing on that, it yeah. was it was really incredible. But yeah, it was it felt like first cut. Oh, we're off now, but it didn't work that way. I mean, it we had that big big cut on a big album, and uh, it wasn't a single, but uh, it's still people still bring it up, which is really really cool. It's like one yeah. of the favorite cult songs, I guess, so yeah. to speak. But, um, yeah, well, I thought it was going to be a... I was in the fast lane, and then it they slowly realized... Or quickly realized it, it doesn't work like that. So, yeah. it was, there were some bumps at Sony. I don't know if I got, like, a real major label cut the two years I was there, other than the song I, I was bringing in. Yeah. So, but I'm still here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're still here and still doing great. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, I guess then walk me into the trajectory after that. Okay. Um, leading up to Jake. Yeah.
1: Um, I spent some time at Warner chapel. I spent like four years, had some really good cuts. Josh Abbott. Cut. Um, I think we got the kid rock cut and like some really good things that were so close to, to happening, but never really the Tyler Farr Jason Aldean song. Um, it was so close to happening, but none of them popped out as a a big single. Other than uh, wasn't that drunk for Josh and yeah. Carly's first song. Yeah, um, and then I went to Hori Pro, which was a just an indie little little publishing company, and met a lot of good people there. And we wrote a song. I think it was like the first week I was there, and Courtney and Chris. Said, "Hey, Benji Davis got canceled on. Do you mind him jumping on with you and uh, Joey Hyde?" It's like, "Absolutely, I love Benji." Yeah, first time that. we've all written together. We sat down and wrote "Made for You," and she took the the work tape. I think it was either that day or the next day. Sent it straight to Jake, and Jake locked it down immediately. That was the first pitch. The we didn't pitch it to anyone else, and he had it for a little bit we were like is he gonna cut this thing then he started playing it out he was playing it out at different shows i guess trying it out yeah and got a good reaction and they finally cut it exactly like our like our little work tape demo that we that joey and benji did so it was it was an incredible ride um what a great and then i guess it was released i'm trying to remember if it was it was on the record. It was like the fourth single. It had been on the Bachelor, and then it was like a few years later they said we're going with it as a single. Right as COVID was hitting, and they, were, we were hearing that country radio doesn't want any slow songs, and Jake goes, "Here's a slow song for you." Yeah. and they they wrote that thing for about fifty weeks or something like that, yeah. and uh, they got it up to number one, and it stayed up there for a couple weeks. It yeah. was, it it was. People say, yeah. People have different reactions on number one. It was all positive for me on that that front. Yeah, it was like the best feeling. I felt like I could finally prove something to my family. You know, like they put in all that hard work and that that belief in me. Yeah, uh, to be be able to to deliver that and to have that to stand on was a big thing for our family and my career. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was super special. I owe Jake so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, take me into the writer's room with Joey and Benji. Okay. Like how'd that song come about? Yeah. I remember we were
1: writing at Horry Pro at a little, it was Bart Butler's, it looked like a kitchen table. It was a round table, which I loved. And Benji had the idea. He goes, I got an idea called made for you. I was like, Okay. I mean, simple title. Yeah. And he goes, you know, water tower were made for spray paint names, and leaves were made for jumping in, and I was made for you. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's my favorite kind of writing is, like, it's the puzzle. The puzzle's there. Now let's put the pieces in. And we wrote, it felt like a hundred different lines, different lines. And the first version... We, we thought we were done and then we, we started talking later that night and I think I'd had a bourbon. I was just sitting there and we were all texting. <laughs> then we all got on like a little conference call and, and we were like, it's just not flowing. Like the things didn't connect as well as we wanted them to. And then I wrote a couple different lines and I think Benji wrote one and then they started all like you could see the connectors. And, but yeah, it was, it was, I guess, written twice. Yeah. So we wrote it in the room and we re- rewrote it at home where I guess most of the great songs are rewritten. Yeah. You know? So it was, um, it was, a. I didn't think anyone would cut it. It was just kind of a folky and we're still going with the big production kind of town. And I was like, and then I heard LAX by Jake Owen. And I was like, well, there's a shot with Jake and um so and I, he heard exactly what we heard in the song and and really championed for it yeah and joey did a great job on the production and seth and the team just worked it the worked at the yeah. number one <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah so
0: i was do you typically do that uh do you write and then, you know, like stay in the room until you're you feel pretty good about it and then it's usually done or do you It's different every day. I mean, there's
1: there's different speeds. There's different co writers with different speeds. Yeah. There's when you got a track, I mean if track guy in the room it feels a little more, you know, fast paced to where you're you're almost which is good and bad. I hear a lot of my like you hear a lot of the track guy things where you're like, if we would have just spent one more hour on that lyric just iron things out. I think it would have been a better song, but depends on who I'm with. Like a Tony Lane will take his time, you know. Casey will take his time, and I think the newer guys are let's
0: get it out there. Let's put it on the yeah. Especially know. with Track Guy, you've got a yeah. you've got a, a finished song by the time you get home.
1: Yeah, and I I'm not one though. I'm okay with taking two days, three yeah. days to write a song. Yeah, I don't need to have a finished song. I, the quota is only 12 songs, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'd rather have 12 really good songs than a 200. Okay. Songs. So that's, that's my philosophy in that. I don't always live up to that because there's certain, certain songs when you're on them and you're in the room and you know, it's not going exactly the way you want to, or the, the idea is not coming out. You're like, well, we won't rewrite this song. We'll just let this one slide and disappear into nothing. But, but the ones that you really feel special about, like that give you that feeling like there's something here. I, I like to go back even that night or the next morning and see if there's some lines that can be beaten yeah. or if there's a totally different perspective we missed. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I guess that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let Joey Hyde do all the melody. Yeah, here. there you, know, you go. Benji do his cool thing. But, yeah, that's quality control at the, on the back end is – I like that.
0: So, when Benji brought that idea, uh did he have a guitar? I mean, he's so great on guitar. Like, yeah, did he have a he a, had that whole lick. lick? Yeah. yeah, he had that.
2: Yeah, bom, bom,
0: bom.
1: yeah, he played it, and he started singing. And he's a great singer. Yeah, he and is. And Jake even admits, I cut that because ben, Benji's voice was on that demo, and he sang it so well. He's um yeah, he had that, and but he had a few lines and. Uh, I think Joey jumped in on the the chorus, took it to where it went that bridgey chorus thing, and it was just a just one of the best days because they're they're two of my best buds. Yeah. So when you write a song, I didn't know it was going to be that special, but I I knew I liked it. But when you write a song like that with your good friends, I don't think there's anything better than yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And at the time, like none of us had any hits, and we were all at the same level. Usually there's one guy, there's a Clausen or right. a, a Gourley in the, and you kinda, it was just three uses, you yeah. know, it yeah. was just three dudes that really didn't have that track record. And for the, you know, big loud to trust three dudes with a single campaign. It's, it was special. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah that's great, man. Thank you. Um, so what, uh, what was after that? Well, you started moving pretty quick. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you had, a you've had so much success here recently too. So
1: yeah, it, it, I've been blessed. Um, none of them have been that like single that, but I I've been on, like I said, like the kid rock thing was really cool to be on at the time. And, uh, uh the, he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, but, uh um, yeah, there's been some really good cuts and really good artists that believe in my song. Josh Abbott still believes. Brent still puts uh, songs we've written yeah. out, and he's a special artist. And,
0: yeah, it's... How have things been with Lindsay? Lindsay L. She's, she's uh, I've always loved her. She's played here for years and years and just, I mean, just killer guitar player and vocalist. And She is. Uh, yeah, she cut the I Don't Love You song. Yeah. And that
1: that was right at the same time i had a josh abbott single that was going to radio i had lindsay that was at radio and i had jake going out to radio and then covid happened and like like i said earlier they didn't want any, a lot of fat or slow songs yeah kind of during that for some reason and it just didn't move it didn't move but i still think it's one of her best vocal performances that i've ever heard mm-hmm. and dan huff's production on that song yeah. was Killer. unbelievable and i wrote that with uh adam hambrick who i'm writing with after this yeah and uh and his vocal on the demo is unbelievable uh, as you can expect yeah. yeah but yeah i think he she heard him play that at a, like a sound check and and goes i'm gonna cut that song so it's no telling where these things are going to happen, but yeah, I'm glad he played in the sound check. Yeah. So, uh, but she, she did well with it. And I think there were some TV appearances. We've gotten a lot of placements from it, but I think it radio wise, it didn't get the love that it, I think it deserved. Cause I think that was, she, she did everything right. Yeah. And Dan did everything right on that track. And it, it was just a weird time. Yeah. So that's just, my career in a nutshell you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing about uh where we are with digital now though is that those things can always come back around yeah so um you know it's uh it's it's such a great song and I think we're starting to we're starting to see some of that I've seen some stuff that you know has been released a couple of years and then all of a sudden it's like you know there's a couple couple things that are hitting the you know the hot country uh chart Absolutely. that that is has been out for two years and it's yeah. like even the Kate Bush thing you yeah, know, that, that, yeah which
1: is the wildest thing ever yeah. you know they it might get picked up in Stranger Things and right. become the number one song of the year right so uh yeah I love it it's Wild West it's a good thing but you never know where to point your your aim you yeah. know it gets a little the uh, writing with new artists or are they going to be the next Luke Combs writing in with the old artists, or they still get a shot left? Or are they going to be like, you know, Joe Nichols, Sonny in '75, make a comeback, keep making comebacks? Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, um, it's, it. you just got to concentrate on writing a good song. Yeah. You can't, can't worry about where it's going to go. And, and I don't know if it's true or not, but, you know, the song always finds the way. That's what they say. Right. And some days they do, and some days they don't, but, you know, that's, best job ever, so I'm not complaining. It is, man. Yeah, it It is. is.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sennheiser Microphones. When we first started this podcast, we were using some older microphones, and Sennheiser came in and sponsored us and gave us some MK4s and 914s, and I mean, I'm telling you, it's made all of the difference in the world. We love these microphones. We use them at the listening room as well, and... I just can't say enough great things about them go check out sennheiser.com if you are into music in any way their microphones are hands down the best on the planet go check them out sennheiser.com and thank you sennheiser for the support and the sponsorship we love y'all um how uh how often do you write your quota's 12 so like what what are you are you uh every day yeah pretty much yeah. yeah
1: i try to take fridays off just to get new ideas but i like my calendar yeah pretty busy i'm not like you remember phil barton's calendar oh my he's gosh. writing triple two Z. two three days yeah. yeah i'm not that i will finish one in the morning i will you know uh like ray fulcher likes to do a nine o'clock and we'll we'll just whittle on songs at, yeah at nine and um until we have to go to our eleven, so it, it kind of no pressure. We just want to get the right lines. There's a few people like Jason Gant that I used to do that with, and that's fun because you you're waking up, and I think that's my my best time writing wise. Yeah. Uh, when I first get up because there's stuff running through my head, and by eleven I'm like, okay, what are we doing now? You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it feels yeah. like you're you're past that. A little bit but then you reconnect with the energy in the room but but yeah
0: it's yeah it's that (laughs) yeah um i want to i want to switch over here in a little bit but any other uh good stories of um just whether it's been released or not just some like a good story of you know Hmm. idea uh to getting it down on at least a work tape like just yeah i mean i as
1: far as the idea of it being cut or or just the yeah
0: just the in the creative process you know just so many people listening i think are um you know either songwriters that sure you know are doing this and love it um or they're aspiring they they should i move to nashville and like how does this all work and i'm so many of us um you know move to town and like you were talking about you know like with phil vassar you know it's like i think so many people uh listen to these songs on radio um or spotify or apple music or wherever they're listening right and there, there's just this assumption that the artist singing the song is the one that exactly. wrote the song yeah and um you know it's it's that's what this is all about is to take people you know behind the curtain behind the 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 stories behind the songs and show them the different creative processes of, of what happens. I'm going to sit down with publishers and road guys and all of this kind of thing. But like, that's what I mean. Like, take me in, um, you know, just talk a little bit more about how that works and like just a, a cool story of a song that you've written. Okay. Um, uh, the, my morning is like, if I
1: could do like when, once the girls go to bed, I have two daughters uh, once they go to bed, I like to sit around and play guitar in my music room and yep. just see what comes out. Cause I think that's the, the best, you know, time for me to think and clear my head. And that's when the God drops the melodies or the, the song ideas in my head, I think that and driving in. So there's a lot of that time, like figuring out what we're going to write and whatever comes out is kind of cool. Um, you know, hopefully for the right, you know, I I write four or five times a, a week. So I need a lot of ideas. Yeah. I don't want to just sit there and go, I got nothing. Yeah. So you're always trying to dig from movies, books, uh, articles, podcasts, whatever you hear. And maybe you hear somebody just say one word that just jumps out at you and bringing those into rooms and and figuring out what that is with your friends, like what what would make this this word or this idea special. So one time, like with me and S. Ice and Joey, Joey had again, uh, we wrote this song called American Rock and Roll, and it was it was we sat at a piano. Uh, S. Ice played played the piano. I don't play the piano, but uh, <laughs> he played. Uh, we wrote the song American Rock and Roll. Well, Joey was an artist then. He was on Universal, and he cut it for his record. And unfortunately, like six months to a year later, he lost his lost his deal. Yeah, and nothing came out. The song didn't come out. And Joe Fisher was his A and person, and we were like, "Sorry guys, it's it's not going to happen." Well, I think it was like three years later, he was hanging. Joe Fisher was hanging out with uh, Kid Rock at the Ryman. And it was Maren Morris, I think was playing and they go backstage to see Maren and Joey is back there. And Joe sees Joey Hyde and goes, you know what? Bobby, Kid yeah. Rock Bobby yeah. Richie. Uh, he goes, he wrote a song. I think you would really dig. And, uh, Joe goes, yeah, I think you'd really dig it. He goes, I'll be the judge of that. And they sent him American rock and roll like three years later. And, I get a call. I didn't know any of this was going on. I get a call from my publisher, Ryan Beisel, on uh, Monday, and he goes, Hey, a guy named Bobby Richie wants to cut your song, American <laughs> Rock and Roll. And I was like, Okay. It's like, Who is Bobby Richie? He goes, Kid Rock, dude. And I was like, No way. Yeah. And uh, so he ended up like cutting it with our good friends, Derek Wells, and all, all the studio guys. Yeah. And they're, you know, sending pictures and, from the studio and yeah he put it out named his tour of that had t-shirts and uh it was a really cool like only in nashville kind of moment where yeah. you're sitting there going it, it there's that that song should have died on the vine you know but people a good song they keep finding they, it; they so, rise up yeah, yeah so it was that was really exciting and uh yeah we've i've had songs i've had a bunch of work tapes get cut. Uh, that's what Dave Cobb likes, so the brent stuff it 's all just work tapes and uh, you can spend a lot of money on demos and you can spend a lot of money on demos and demos that ruin the song almost yeah you can find yeah. more magic in the work tape sometimes, yeah, but this town gets more and more you're competing against track guys um, for for listens and uh when you hear a good track it kind of dwarfs a good uh work tape so uh you got to spend a lot more money on the front end just to get your song heard by R people or artists that prefer work tapes but uh, people like jake and chesney and people like that still like to hear a good work tape yeah so and frank liddell and he was yeah. all about that dave cobb but all those people that that really don't want to be influenced by someone's interpretation of the song.
0: That's what it is. It's influence. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Like just a simple acoustic and vocal. Exactly. Let's, let's the artist kind of be creative in their own mind of like, all right, where can I take this? And they've got the melody and everything, but they're, they can start to, to, um, kind of think of like, w- what is the beat going to be? What is, what is all this stuff? And yeah, sure. like, uh, the same same like you know just songs that um where you've got a track guy in there and and you've got like it's really hard to kind of think outside of that box when you hear exactly when they get the 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 drums cranking yeah you're like well there's
1: the tight box we got to fit that song into, and the the good track guys wait like they or if you hear something that's really good to write to sure there's value to that as well but when you're starting and they're they're locking you into that whatever they've come up with uh it gets tough yeah but when they wait a little bit and see where a song's gonna go that's where the the good ones come from yeah yeah
0: Yeah. well um so i mentioned earlier you've got a great voice i remember like (laughs) you know just uh new into town we'd sit down in your music room and uh pour some bourbons and um, a few bourbons few uh and um you know sit or sit out on your back porch looking at the looking at the pond and the golf course yeah um you know just kind of pass the guitar around and i i mean i told you back then man he's just such a unique cool voice oh thank you thank you um and uh you last night you sent me a sneak peek of what's coming out that's right. Which is amazing. So let's talk about that. All right. Well, you know, I was at coming out of COVID.
1: I was I was just really kind of felt like I was going through the motions. And like the the artists had all their songs cuz they had been writing through COVID. And so there were there's a couple there's an album of just about every artist where they wrote the, all their own songs just last year yeah. or the year before. And it just didn't seem like things were moving. I felt stuck. I really felt stuck creatively. I felt stuck as a, you know, just where I wanted to go with my career. And I just got on a whim. I just called my buddy, Aaron S ice. I go, Hey, you remember talking about wanting to do a record with me? He goes, yep. I said, are you ready? (laughs) he said absolutely let's go let's go and uh if it wasn't it felt like i was calling a girl in high school and asking him out i was i was so nervous and i'm a grown man i was just like (laughs)
2: what if he says no
1: what if you know and it's just like i didn't know what it was gonna be i didn't know but i knew it was what i needed to do it was um so he goes what if we do it over christmas this was like october He goes, what if we do it between Christmas and New Year's? I've always wanted to do a record in between there and just start the year off on a positive note. I was like, okay. Like, oh my goodness, I gotta, I gotta do this now. So, uh, he hired the band and sent me like, here's, here's your band. It'll be at my studio. We're going to do this. And I was like, I gotta do it now. So yeah, we cut, we cut 13, put 12 songs on this record. And there are songs I've collected. Uh, I think I wrote one at Warner. I, I wrote a bunch at Horry Pro. I wrote, they're new songs. I mean, it's just filled with songs that I knew I didn't have to please an a r person. I knew I didn't have to please radio. I wanted to do it what I what makes my heart full. Yeah, Th- Those songs, if they're heartbreak songs, if they're... Good time, drink a beer, songs, uh, but it's it's left of center, just kind of chill, like drink a bourbon too, kind of music. Yeah. Um, and Aaron S. Ice did an absolutely amazing job on the production, and he was really he kept me like focused. He kept me, he knew what the the end game was as yeah. far as it was sonically. We found the songs that fit like perfectly together. We did a cover. We did a Springsteen cover. Um, and it's, I hate to pat myself on the back, but it's badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah it I, is. I just love it. And, um, yeah, there were songs. We got a Tony Lane song on there. Um, I've got Ryan Beaver, uh, Jesse Joe Dillon, and Keith Gaddis singing on my record. And, unfortunately, Keith passed. Mm-hmm. and it was yeah. a song we wrote uh called closer all the time about me missing my mom and it's it, that mm. that album is so special to me now knowing that you know I'd give anything for him to be, be yeah. here and be with his family and still be around yeah it's just to have his voice on that record um it it means the world to me so well i I talked to his wife and Courtney Christ And I said, do you mind if I call it a feature? Cause I want everybody to hear his, his voice. And so, yeah. So that, that was, it's unbelievable. Like the, mm. it was a connector, like this album, like it snapped me right out of it. Like it, I was, had so much adrenaline and like I was ready to go and it inspired me. And, I was inspired again. It connected me to old songs, connected me to new songs. It connected me back to this town. Yeah. Because people see me as just, you know, maybe I'm the lyricist or that guy, he's got a cool voice or that, whatever I've been here for 13, 15 years writing. um, People have made their mind up about me one way or the other. I wanted this to say, oh, i didn't know he could do that yeah so it's just something to add to the conversation where it's not they have to reevaluate what they know about me and um but it's it's reconnecting me to my hometown the name of it is south end kid so you know i grew up on the south end of louisville and it was not the most wealthy part of town it was far from it but uh There's some good people there they they've reached out since the first single single's been dropped. And, um, yeah, it's reconnected me to a lot of things, which was a beautiful surprise. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just glad that, that I did. And I'm glad, certainly glad S ice said yes and uh, made it exactly what it could be. I mean, he really elevated everything. So I owe him the world. And I'm glad Jesse Joe Dylan decided she wanted to sing on one of my songs. Yeah, because I think that's cool as hell. Super too.
0: cool. Yeah. 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 I love. Uh, you know, I mean, just the the title, the title track. Um, you know, just uh, moving to Nashville and you find out that you know Nashville doesn't care if you're a South End kid. No, they don't you know, care. It's about. just like it's there's so much um, there's so much truth and uh, stories that I think people you know, no matter how, how they grew up, because even, you know, even if you're on the, uh, a rich kid, you still got, you still got issues, yeah. that, you know, but yeah, it just, it, it, that one really touched me. And, um, and it also, it also kind of took me back to, you know, sitting, sitting around with you back in the day, just listening to you play, because I could hear like the songs that you used to pick up your guitar and play. Were not the hits on country radio at that time. No, you would always go back to you know like the the old folk and Americana and um, you know just roots country. Yeah, um, that that I think was a, a, a big inspiration to you. So talk about that a little bit because that's again like I just I heard a lot of that and that's that's one well, of the things I love so much about it.
1: That's an awesome compliment. I appreciate that because yeah, it was it was the Bruce Robinsons the. Charlie's, the, you know, Willie Nelson, the, you know, uh, Radney Foster. Yeah. You know, it's those albums that Gaddis did that Radney did that like Keith Urban cut four songs off the Radney record or whatever it was. It was that, the songs always gravitated. They were my, my moon, I guess, or my North star, you know? So it, it's in my musical DNA, they have just hardwired me to be that and yeah those guys Hal Ketchum I remember mm. that used to be my like go to guitar sound, song you know I miss my Mary Yeah, and never was a hit but it was It's one of the best written songs he's ever done and of the 90s I think and no one knows about it I, everybody thinks I wrote it when I play it I'm like no or sometimes I go absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but um, he's one huge influence. But yeah, those, I guess the the folky guys, man. They I always loved it. I don't want a lot of, I don't want to be blown away from a speaker. I want to be pulled into it. And yeah. those guys always brought me oh, in. That's so, such a good way to put that. Yeah, man. I I love like some tempo jams, but you know where. Dwight Yoakams, and you know the the people that make me think, they make me just chill. I, I love the word lyrics of a song. That's where I'm at. Uh, my wife is totally different. She's Michael Jackson, Guns and Rush She wants she wants her head yeah like do like this. But uh, I just want. Do you have anything to say? And have you said it differently? Is it the truth? Do I believe it? You know, it's it's that's where I kind of go as a music fan. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I appreciate you saying that cause that's, that's exactly, it's, it's a weird time to admit, you know, who influences you, uh, legally, you know, and, but, uh, but they were always, they were always the best, you yeah. know? And they, they kept me around. Like when I was trying to write bro country for a few years, I never listened to Bro Country, but I went back to, uh, to uh, those my, my mentors, my heroes, yeah, to kind of find my, my path. And Brandi Clark once told me, she goes, don't try to be anything else than who you are. She heard a great quote. It's your, your thing, go to that thing and do it well. You can't write the Bro Country songs, because the guys that write Bro Country songs, they love that. You, if you write it, it sound it doesn't sound realistic or it doesn't sound authentic. Yeah, uh, write what you love and go there. So I think that was a, one of the best words of advice you can give a, a writer. Yeah, you know, because people send me songs all the time that you know are considering moving to Nashville, and it sounds just like what's on the radio. You know, they just. Everybody goes through that copy phase or, sure. the, you know, but find out what you love and figure out your way of presenting it. Don't just copy what Ashley and Dallas and all those guys are doing. Yeah. Cause they've got it. Yeah. <laughs> and you ain't going to beat them yeah. at their yeah. own game. So,
0: yeah. And you got to stay ahead of it too. And, and, and know, um, you know, know what's coming, which is kind of a crystal ball. Cause we don't, we don't yeah. know what's coming, but you know, it's like, um, I mean, things are kind of shifting, uh, back now to like, you know, it's like, um, you know, we grew up listening. We're, we're same age. We grew up listening to like that, that rock and, you know, guns and roses and yeah. all of this kind of stuff. And then, you know, then it was like that nineties country that was just like, you know, so great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're seeing a lot of that. Um, and I th- I think that's such good advice. We uh we had uh Mark Irwin on um not too long ago. Love Mark. And uh he talked about like he's been in town for over twenty five years and he's been writing the same stuff. So going from a number the first number one for Alan Jackson and then he had like, I don't know, twenty years or something like that until he had his more recent success sure. but he talked about that fact that in these different phases he continued to write what he is and who he is and um and it also kind of ties into what you were talking about earlier with the song that uh you know gets gets kind of dropped with Joey and then like a couple years later gets released with Kid Rock like the same thing happened with him he wrote this song for Lainey Wilson and then um, you know, nothing, it didn't make the record and nothing happened with it. And then all of a sudden it becomes a feature in Yellowstone because they loved it so much. And then yeah. they were like, well, let's add <laughs> it to the record. So now, you know, it's like, exactly. Um, but it was because it was, it, it, it's that full circle of staying true to who you are and just writing one hundred what, what you believe.
1: Yeah. And it, it was right at the time that, you know, made for you came out. I mean, there weren't a lot of story songs. Yeah. anymore. It was just, it was just parties. It was, you know, it was about Friday and Saturday night. It wasn't about Monday through Thursday, and we, we noticed that, you know, there were songs that came after the that kind of had that same approach to things, um, not in a bad way or anything, but it people were more accepting of putting out stuff that, you know. they don't have to be tough all the time. They can, they can, they can admit they're married. They can, you know, admit they have (laughs) kids or they can sing about marriage and kids, even when they don't have, you know, they're not, they're delivering
2: the song.
0: Yeah.
1: And I love where this is going right now. I don't know where it's going to continue to go, but it kind of swung back into something I enjoy, you know, like the songs, I guess maybe that's why I'm having an uptick in, you know, getting songs cut right now because, it's okay again. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to, you know, to put your heart in the song. It's not yeah. it's not just about tailgates and drinking beer anymore, which right. which I I love some of those songs too, but when you got 89% or 99% of the songs sound exactly the same, it's nice to kind of mix in like real people stuff. Yeah. Cuz they're not they weren't speaking to us. For a couple of years and now they're everybody's coming back to speaking to a, a broader audience instead right. of trying to get the the 20 year olds yeah even even morgan he's got some amazing songs that you know he mixes in with you know and, and it's it's the perfect way to go i mean you got to have that
0: balance i think yeah especially in our genre yeah 100 percent um what's your take on uh male versus female right now do you have a – I mean, there's just been so much talk. I mean, you know, we had it several years ago, and it seems like with us doing Song Suffragettes on, on Mondays here, obviously we probably hear more about it. But, um, you know, what do you think about um, the, the ratio between – I love where it's going. You do? Yeah, I, I really do. You, you know, think it's moving and in, in playing more females?
1: I hope so. Yeah. I mean, there are some really badass females. The, yeah. I mean – for anybody to get Radio Time, I want them to, to be great. Yeah. Like you shouldn't just get Radio Time because you're a guy or you sound a certain way or whatever. If it's if it's a great song, this is just me being a radio programmer. Uh if it's a great song, I don't care what you are. I mean, just be really good. Yeah. And don't recycle, just be original. And I I like the girls to they have to be more original than the guys unfortunately so they you know Carly's different than Laney yep and you know uh, Springsteen's she's doing her own thing you know there there's so many different cool variations of the female product or whatever you want to side up things right. um, and I hope it raises the game for the guys I mean they there were there was a time there's still a little bit of that time. You could not tell who's singing what. Yeah, like who is that? Is that A, B, or C or D? Right. They can't. Yeah, not, there still is some of that. Songs there definitely birds. is. But the women, unfortunately, had to be distinct, totally unique, and yeah, totally. So, or you had to, you had to be a part of a group, or uh, you had to have a male feature on it. I mean, there's all kinds of politics that that i don't believe are really true statements but um i think if girls are great uh, and the girl game right now is awesome yeah and i hope it continues because they're influencing all these new younger women to come up dad of two girls i'm all for it like I, i want i want variation and radio i mean they'll if they don't hear it on the radio they'll hear it on Spotify, they'll yeah. hear it on
0: Apple. They'll, yeah, what, they'll go find it. Yeah. So you might as well be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's one of the. I mean, that's one of the things I love about what we get to do here because we hear, we hear the, the we hear the artists before anybody else does. Sure. you know, like just and uh, there's so there's so many people that go across the stage and um, male and female, but like you know just where you get to hear just these great songs and you know, especially people like Lindsay, you know, like you've got, when you've got a great lyricist who also can sing the phone book and sound amazing and rip a guitar like she does. I mean, look out. Yeah. It was just, I mean, and I think she got kind of caught like if she was coming out right now. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bad timing, but like, I think, and I I think her time is still coming. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I didn't want to approach it that way. Like, she would have had less of a, a challenge yeah. getting like pushing that rock uphill. Yeah, and I mean, God bless Carly. She's become like the face of country music, yeah. which is, she's you know, it. She, she and she's pulling people up with her. You know, yeah. and that that means a lot to this genre. Yeah, it really does. I, you know, I love, I love good guy songs, but I love like when a girl or a female, you know, gets a a songwriter it's it's just as awesome i yeah. mean I, I don't know how else to put it but you know, i love
0: good songs period period
1: yeah yeah I, I i grew up with like patty griffith and you know and patty loveless you know yeah. i i love Emmy lou harris is one of my all-time heroes so that's what i want i think a balanced It yeah. does not have to be 50-50 or whatever the number is but just give them a shot if it's, if it's good and if, if the guys aren't living up to their part of the bargain of quality, you know knock a few of them off and make them earn it.
0: Yeah, 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 I agree, man. yeah. it goes back to exactly what uh, you know what, what you grew up listening to and playing. you know it's that story, it's that good song, so yeah. yeah, and that's what I love about
1: right now. We talked about it the other day with this new artist. I said, you can have a guitar vocal get a hundred million streams I mean there are no rules anymore yeah just go out and make whatever you want to do yeah and your audience will find you and that's kind of what we did on the record you know do it the way we want to completely selfish record it's like doesn't report to anybody it's just I had a couple friends A&R was like yes no maybe yes yeah Yeah. went with that and just it's the wild west who knows who knows what can happen yeah so and it's it's fun it's
0: it's still a blast to be here yep yeah love this town let's go back to south end kid so uh did you say september 29th september 29th september 29th that comes out
1: yeah i play here so, september 28th let's go so zach was nice big, enough to uh, give me that so yeah, the big night release. yeah big release night and uh you know yeah
0: it'll be fun yeah i can't i can't wait um it's uh that's it's gonna be uh out on all platforms i assume everywhere
1: we got a great team that's helping me make sure everything's right the looks similar and we're we're posting i'm learning social media uh (laughs) and i may look like a fool on there uh, but you know i want to give this album uh the the chance it deserves so uh, i'm going through all the all the the motion. I'm trying not to be too silly on it because it's not a it's not a silly record. It's it's kind of a, a, a really good
0: good country record, country folk yeah kind of record. So I'm, it's you. That's what I love about it. Is it's it's you know it's real. It's honest. It's and it it just it's so good. And I think like listening through it, I could hear you know just the the passion and like, you know, it it, you weren't you weren't doing this for anybody else, I think. Like, you know, it's like this was your project and it's like, you know, um hope people love it, but this you know, this is this is my baby and here's like here's some of my favorite songs and yes. All songs I'm a part of. Yeah, it was
1: there are no expectations for this record. I don't have a record deal to lose. I don't have a record deal to win. You know, it it's like we did it for the simple fact that the songs are great yeah and I sound pretty good singing them and I wanted to do it you know it's not a I told somebody the other day we're not looking for millions and millions of streams even though we'll take them yeah uh, but the right streams maybe mm. you know maybe Dirk's here's one maybe George Strait here's one you know yeah I'm, we're not putting in a ceiling on it either but we're you know we're we're planted pretty good on the floor where if we only get 500 streams or whatever, well we probably didn't do a good job marketing, but uh, it's okay. The victory was making the record. The victory was writing the songs to fill the record. You know, and every, and what we did, I'm okay with. I'm super proud of, and I hope everyone hears it and makes their own decision about it. Yeah. But it's probably not for everybody. It's probably not for, you know, tailgaters at, you know, on a festival or whatever. It it's a it's a grown adult record. It
0: it, it could be. It, it could, could be. it could be for that.
1: again yeah. no ceiling.
0: And uh yeah, I mean especially like, you know, maybe if it's someone that's like, hey, this is not for me at the tailgate, I bet it's for them on the way home. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know I use
1: Stapleton's and Brent's thing. It's country music for grownups. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's about heartbreak. It's about and the perspectives of them uh, of each song. I hope are somewhat original. You know, like um, the new single Tucson. It's not the the hook up. I want to go back song. It's it is kind of a hook up song, but it's I'm okay with the memory and I still think about it. I still think about her, but that's all I needed. You know, it's, you know, some things are just ain't more than what they are kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's that approach to it. Do what you want to do and do it the way you want to do it and see where it goes. Yeah. So, and it's no sweat off my back and nobody wants to listen to
0: it, but we did it. I think, I think it's going to be, uh, Way more successful than than you think. I think I I love it. Well, so, thank, you. thank um, you. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you want to sneak peek uh, anything off of that record. Sure, sure. Um, I'd love to. Do it. But love to uh, like you know hear a, a verse and a chorus of um, yeah you know, something. So
1: will this microphone pick up? Yeah. All right. Hopefully, it's still in tune. Mm. I wrote this with Steve Moakler and Andrew De Roberts. He told me to get this hat. He was wearing it one day, and I pretty much uh, went out and bought it right after I write. So cool. But uh, this one's, this is, I tease this as my political song. It's not political at all, but this is how I live life. It's called Just a Simple Man.
2: Got a couple old friends. Like to see them on the weekend. And I've been known to burn a candle up at both ends. I like it when the colors fade, dashboards and jangly change. Just a simple man in the world today. Campfires and cool nights, looking into your blue eyes. I like pulling for the underdogs and good guys Like to help out where I can Haven't got me a master plan I'm just a simple man In the world it ain't I guess some things never change Yeah, the world just spins that way I ain't crazy about the latest craze Got a couple things that keep me sane I'm gonna take it all day by day Yeah, baby, that's the way I was made I'm just a simple man In a world that ain't Just a simple man In a world that ain't
0: Let's go, man. There you go, man. I love it. I appreciate it. Man, thank you so much for being on here. This has been a blast. Thank you and, for having me. And, yeah.
1: And I hope I hope you dig the record and I hope all of y'all dig, dig it and uh, Absolutely. Yeah, go out and stream it. And leave it on during the night on low low vibe yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. Get those
0: get those spins up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I really
1: do appreciate it. It's always good to see you, my friend. Yeah,
0: you too, man. Before we uh before we close out, I always end with the same question. So, Okay. You've been here um you know for for 20 years or so sure. been writing for about 15 um, the uh, you know the everything that you've gone through so far if you're going back to 8 year old Neil in uh, in Kentucky what uh, what advice do you give yourself today don't worry about it as much as you do
1: I grew up I grew up a fat kid so it's it's like a bunch of insecurities and a bunch of like just stay out of your own head get out of your own way Uh, you'll find it you'll find it and just have fun have fun doing Mm -hmm. it you're gonna be okay so and yeah move to Nashville as soon as you can because uh that's where you need to be that's what I would tell him yeah so uh I've I've always been that kid that sang on the bed and sang in front of the mirror and um I'm still that
0: kid I guess Yeah, I love it. Minus the bed part of it, but uh, still singing Mirror. I love it. Great advice, man. Great to see you always. And yeah, it's been fun. Same here. Thank you so much. All right. This has been another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. You've been listening to Neil Medley. We'll see you next time. This has been an episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information after the show, head over to chrisblair.com. That's where you can find information on these episodes, trailer notes, video links, all kinds of great stuff. Also make sure to leave us a great rating on iTunes, like and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think. I really hope that you think this show is awesome and we really appreciate the love and support. I promise to keep gathering great content and continuing to sit down with more amazing songwriters and artists as we grow. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. We'll see you next time.